In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. There's a priest that arrived at the parish and he didn't know the sound system well. So he started off the Mass saying, there's something wrong with this microphone. And the people said, and also with you. So one of the first things that a public speaker will do is check to see if the microphone is working. So this is on the blink, so I've got a backup here. I once heard a story of a um, married man that had a serious problem and he had a good spiritual director and he said to his spiritual director, I, I think that I'm possessed by a devil. So his spiritual director said, why do you say that? He said, because I hear voices. And the voice says, do this. And then another voice, do that. Another voice, hurry up. Another voice, come here. And his spiritual director said, you're not possessed by a devil, you're just married. <laughs> so, in the limited time that I have, I would like to talk about the Holy Family as the model of all families, but especially on how you can start to work to form your own Holy Family. Amen? So that's the thrust, is that the Holy Family is our model, but we want to try to form our own Holy Family, taking Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as our examples. And myself being a teacher for many years, I like to utilize pedagogical devices. So I'd like to give you what are called the seven M's to form a holy and happy family. And at the end, I'm, I'm going to take a test to see whether or not you can repeat those seven M's. Are you paying attention? Are you listening? All right, here we go. Taking notes. 
Some of you have photographic memories, but it hasn't been developed yet, right? <laughs> so here we go. Number one is you always want to start your day off with prayer. The first thing you do when you get up in the morning is you hear the alarm clock and you don't press snooze. You don't do that. But you get out of bed and the founder of Opus Dei calls it the heroic moment. So you get out of bed right away. And you say your morning offering. So whether or not you're a five-year-old child or you're a 95-year-old woman, always start your day off with prayer. With prayer, your morning offering. Then, as soon as you do that, then what you should be doing is Da, 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 da. What's this? This is a scapular. Spanish escapulario. This is a scapular. All of you want to make sure that you wear your scapular. How do you know that I'm a priest? Well, Marianne introduced me, but look, I'm dressed. I'm not dressed in pinstripes as a Yankee, am I? No. I'm dressed as a priest and as a religious. So you can tell that I'm a priest and religious because I'm wearing a religious habit. If you want to belong to Mary, here's Mary's religious garment. This is called the scapular. Eight days ago, I was pretty close to this parish because this parish is pretty close to East L.A. I was downtown, East L.A., doing a Marian consecration. I put this on 600 people. That's a pretty big number. 600 people. I was placing this scapular as a sign of their consecration to Mary. And this scapular, you see, this scapular was made by my mother. My mother made this scapula, and you see it's made of a tennis shoe string because being an athlete, I have a tendency to rip things apart. So, so I've got this strong scapula. In the side is the miraculous medal, and then the other would be the medal of St. Benedict. So I'm well protected against the bullets of the enemy. Amen? So you wake up and you make your morning offering. Then you kiss the scapular. Did you know that the church gives an, an indulgence? you probably heard the word indulgence. Every time you kiss the scapular, you receive an indulgence. And you can apply that to the souls in purgatory as well as to yourself. Then I have a private practice in which I kiss it then. I bless my forehead. I bless my ears. I bless my lips. I bless my tongue 
three times because I'm a non-stop speaker, huh? I talk a lot, I give a lot of talks, so I'll be able to preach the Word of God. Then I bless my heart. And then I'm a gangbuster. I'm a gangbuster. I'm ready to start my day because I started off with Mary. Okay, the second M, you're taking notes, right? The second M would be mealtime. Mealtime. Before you sit down to eat, what do you do? I know you're going to say, wash your hands, okay, fine, wash your hands. But even more important than washing your hands, make sure that you bless your meals. This younger generation, you don't do it, but when we were brought up and raised, we would never sit down, start to eat without blessing our meals. We would be considered a first-class pagan if we didn't bless our meals. So if you don't know a meal prayer, bless us, our Lord, and these are gifts which we are about to receive, for your goodness, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And then, you sit down and you have your meal. Now, I would like to develop a good 45 minute on this one topic, but I'll say it just in passing. The most important time for the family every day is the meal time. And I'm going to pound away at this. You the most important time for the family every day is meal time. Everyone that's not working should be sitting down at table to share the meal. And young people, fasten your seatbelts now because the bomb is about to fall. No electronic devices at the table. Amen or oh me? Amen, right? No electronic devices at the meal time. Okay, I'm, I know I'm going in, I'm going countercultural. No phone, no radio, no iPad, no TV, no. Because the people sitting in front of you are more important than the electronic devices. We have to go back to sitting down the table and having a conversation with the people sitting at the table. You hear me? Very important. If you don't do it now with your kids, you're never going to do it. So now's the time which you want to sit down at the table with your family and to talk. Now, there are probably some families here that have never done that yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not, I'm not talking down to you, I'm not insulting your intelligence, but we have to learn what to do. You have to learn what to do. So say you've got three children at the table, mom and dad, Start off by asking your son or daughter, what did you do today? It's not complicated. What did you do today? Ask each one. Ask the, the smallest as well, and everyone is important. 
Everyone sitting at the table, small or big, everyone has great dignity and importance. Okay, the second question is this. How do you feel? You, with that, you've got a 25-minute conversation at table. And if one of them is in desolation, take a walk with that son or daughter and ask, why are you feeling sad? Get it out. You hear me? We have to go back to being human. We have to go back to being human. We're losing the whole idea of just sitting down and talking to each other. So I'm a stickler on this. So that's the, that's the family that prays together stays together. The family that prays and eats together stays together. The family that prays and eats and plays together stays together. The family that the family that prays, eats, plays and laughs together stays together. You hear me? So I've I've added, I've created a new acronym from Father Patrick Payton. We have to learn to pray together, eat together, play together, and laugh together. You hear me? So starting today, I'll repeat. You gotta pray together. You gotta eat together. You gotta play together. And you have to laugh together. You notice right right away I I told two jokes right away. Why? Because people are sad. Everyone's sad. So I have four degrees. English literature, philosophy, theology, and jokeology. I do. It's a good degree. You tell me the block of information, I've got a joke for it. I do. Get people, how can a family be angry if they're laughing together? It's impossible psychologically. You're laughing together, you're having a meal together, you're enjoying each other's company. There you have a family, a wholesome family that's going to stay together. So, you got children and teenagers that have never done it. You've never done it? Starting today. Now, if you invite me to your meal, and don't invite me because I don't have time, I would do it. I teach how to do it. But it's something that we were brought up and raised with. It was natural 55, 60 years ago. But because of the cell phone especially, this is something that's not natural anymore. And who's more important? Your son or daughter or that plastic electronic device? Hello? Much more important the person looking at me than the telephone than, than the cell phone that I'm looking at. John Paul II says, much more important being than having and doing flows from being. A little bit of philosophy, huh? That's JP too. Much more important being than having and my, my doing flows from my being, who I am. So you're going to have that as your Lenten proposal.
That could be a good that could be a good proposal for Lent. Okay, a good proposal for Lent. We're not going to have any electronic devices. We're going to be sitting down and we're going to be talking together. Let me tell you a story. I got this this message a few years ago from a friend. Okay, there's a, a grandfather who has lost his spouse. He's living with his daughter and two children. And his the love of his life is his grandchildren as well as his daughter and son-in-law. So one day, he's waiting at the door to greet his grandchildren who are coming back from school. He's about 4.30. He's, the door's open. He's got a big smile on his face. And the first grandchild, the daughter, the granddaughter, comes. She's looking at her phone. She walks right in front of him and doesn't even recognize him. Then the grandson, he's getting a text message and he's sending it. He walks right in the front of the grandfather as if the grandfather is invisible, as if he doesn't exist. He's crestfallen because he's been waiting all day to be able to greet his grandchildren. But they didn't even recognize him at the door because they're so absorbed, they're so enthralled with their electronic device. Half hour later, they sit down, have dinner. Five of them. Two grandchildren, his daughter, son-in-law, and grandpa. Il abuelito, il abuelito. So the abuelito, if you don't know Spanish, that means the grandfather. There he is sitting at the table. The food is served. And he's been waiting for this the whole day to be able to talk and laugh and share with his family. So he starts to share with his family what's going on during the day. Something he saw on the news. Something that happened in the neighborhood. And he's talking. Once again, his granddaughter and grandson are on their phone. Father-in-law He's on his phone. His daughter is on her iPad. And he's talking and talking and talking. He's talking to the air. And after talking for five, six minutes, no one, no one is listening to him. He takes a glass, takes a glass and he shatters the glass. Boom! They all lift their eyes. He says, with tears in his eyes, 
he says, you know, it used to be a really good family where we really loved each other. We really learned how to share. We really understood each other. We really understood each other's heart. We're willing to laugh with, laugh with each other and even weep together. But over the past couple of weeks and even months, I feel as if I'm an outsider. I feel as if I don't even belong here. I feel almost as if I should maybe rent an apartment and live by myself. I feel as if I'm a, I'm a burden to all you. Because we used to be able to sit down and talk and share and laugh and love each other. But now it's such where I feel that there's no longer any communication between me and you and you and me. The daughter gets up with tears in her eyes and she hugs her father. She says, Dad, I'm sorry. And the son-in-law. And the grandson. And then the granddaughter. And then the daughter takes her phone and all the phones, places it in the other room, closes the door, and then they start to talk. You have to go, you have to be countercultural. You got to do it. Got to do it. Right now. You don't do it now, it's never going to happen. Now is the time. So I thought that I would build upon this topic in this relatively short talk. Now is the time. In the, in the American society, we try to buy each other's affection by material things. That's the society. We try to buy affection, friendship, esteem by buying people things. That's the society. I was born here. <laughs> so I know the society pretty well. It's a, it's a highly technologically advanced society, but, but it's a very materialistic society in which the material thing is above the person. But in the eyes of God, the human person is the crown of creation. The crown of creation is the human person. You know what your children really want is this. Now I'll tell you another story. There's a 
father that was a workaholic. You ever hear the word a workaholic? Trabajolico in Spanish, huh? A workaholic. Getting home every night at 9 o'clock. He's just got one son. His son wants to spend time with his father. But he's never got time. So one day the father arrives and he goes in the kitchen, pulls out his meal from the refrigerator, puts it in the microwave, and he hears a voice. Here's a voice from the bedroom. Dad! Dad, come here! Come here! So he goes into the room of his son. He says, What do you want? Well, Dad, I'd like to ask you a question. How much money do you make? How much money do you make every hour? See, that's none of your business. I want to know. How much money do you make every hour? None of your business. I want to know. So he says, I make $20 an hour. So he leaves his son, goes back to the kitchen, puts his food in the microwave, and within another five minutes he hears a voice. Dad! Dad! Come here! Come on! Dad! Come! So he goes into the room, and he sees the son there, and the son says, Dad, I want to ask you for a favor. Give me $15. $15? I'm working hard and you're asking for my money? No. Give me $15. I want it. I've been sweating to make this money. You're asking for my money. Give me 15 bucks. So begrudgingly, father pulls out his wallet and he gives him a 10 and a $5 bill. He says, thanks. So he goes back to the kitchen, puts his food in the microwave again, and guess what? After another five minutes, Dad, Dad, come here, come here, come here. Ah, I'm hungry. So he goes in to the room of his son, and now his son has his hands cupped like this. He said, Dad, put out your hands. What? Put out your hands. So he placed in his father's hands a $10 bill, $5 bill. Then he had gone to his own piggy bank. Remember those things, piggy bank? And he pulled out $4. And he pulled out three quarters. And he pulled out two dimes. And he pulled out five pennies. And he said, Dad, here's $20. I want to buy an hour of your time. 
I want to buy just one hour of your time. Here's $20, Dad. Hopefully your children don't have to pay you $20 for an hour of your time. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. My dad worked on Wall Street. You know, talk like a New Yorker now. In New Yorker, you work on Wall Street. Time is money. But for us, as followers of Christ, time is love. Time is love. You want to show someone that you love that person? Give that person time. That's one of the clearest manifestations that you love a person. You're dedicating time in your busy schedule for that person. Give God time. Give your family time. Give your spouse time. Give your grandchildren time. Giving times is another way for saying, I love you. So, my friends, that's all the time I have for this talk. But hopefully my message is very clear. My message is very clear. Find time for your spouse. Find time for your children. Find time for your grandchildren. Give them time without becoming a slave of the modern technological media in which you live. Amen? And God bless you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.